0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Curiously Creative Podcast. Curiously Creative loves creativity and inspiring people to follow their own creative curiosities. We hope to bring you a bit of joy and inspiration with everything we do so that you can fall in love with creativity too. I'm your host, Akriti Lee, and each month I share conversations with all kinds of creative people who share their journeys and unique perspectives around their own creativity We hope these conversations help us understand our own creative process and have the courage to live more creative lives. Today, I'm super excited to be presenting an incredibly inspiring, strong, talented, not to mention lovely as, Elise May. Elise May is a highly acclaimed swing dancer, instructor and performer. Having started dancing at a very young age of four, across numerous dance styles, she fell particularly in love with Lindy Hop and authentic jazz dance. She has been swing dancing for 14 years and very quickly became a highly sought after international instructor teaching in over 30 countries and also an acclaimed competitor winning a plethora of titles all around the world. Alright, so firstly I'll start with saying thank you because we were both pretty tired from karaoke last night. Yes. <laughs> okay, so the first point is really to learn a little bit about how you got into dancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How did it all first start up for you? Because I know it wasn't your first career choice, right? You were doing something else beforehand.
1: So it was my first choice. Yeah. And then it became a second choice. And then I went back to my first choice. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. And then I went to, like, national ballet school, and I did the thing. And it was uh, it was very stressful. <laughs> it was fun, but not as fun as it could be. I was afraid it would kill my passion for dancing, so I decided to do something else and... Went to high school and then did
0: architecture,
1: became an architect. And dancing was this thing I was doing on the side for fun. What
0: was the point when you were doing architecture, you go, okay, this is this is, doesn't feel right, or this is not my thing? How Dan- did you realize pretty much yeah. that you were not doing what you wanted to do? And at the time, I started dating,
1: and I went away from friends for my studies, but I was still with him at a time, so mm-hmm. dancing was a way we could see each other other? so that's kind of how I started teaching Mm -hmm. it was a way to travel for free and then be with each other and the same thing kind of kept on happening yeah we were just doing this thing together but I just never realized how much I was doing it for me I just always thought that's what I was doing to be with my boyfriend
0: yeah gotcha Um, so what was that transition like at the point where you go okay I actually love this I'm actually going to do this full-time. What helped you transition and realize that?
1: Well, I remember the day where I said it out loud. I remember yeah. it like very, very clearly. I was in France, and I know Joe Hofberg was there sitting by the window. And I told her, you know, I think I would really like to do dancing. And I think that was the first time that I said it out loud. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that moment. Even though I think I've always known, I like dancing the most saying it out loud made it real and then unemployment made it possible so like yes
0: (laughs) so you're just like let's do this because now i can
1: exactly it's like i kind of graduated from architecture out of bad timing Mm -hmm. i think was around 2006 and i worked for about a year and then it was the a big crisis so there was not a lot of job and i had more like jobs as a dancer and then when my contract ended, I had six months of unemployment ahead of me. And so it allowed me to dance more and get more dance gigs and, mm-hmm. and I just never went back to architecture.
0: What was the period like when you first started dancing, like in swing dancing, mm-hmm. to then actually getting jobs? Was that quite a natural transition?
1: Yeah, like I don't think I had a because a lot of people I think today have that plan of like wanting to be that. That's right. To be yeah. a traveling astrologer.
0: It's more of a career. Whereas back then it wasn't no. as linear,
1: I suppose. Yeah, for me, like I started teaching. I think after six months of taking classes. Wow. <laughs> Just I think because because they needed someone to teach or something like that mm. and. There was nobody, so I started doing it. And then every money that I would earn through dancing, I would spend on dancing just because I liked it so much. Like, it was not like I had a plan to become that, it was just I liked it, so my money was going back to it. So, like, birthday gifts were workshops, and every workshop that I would teach, I would then spend my money to go fly to dance somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like, it was just, I liked doing it. And I was very scared, too. (laughs) I remember the first time I ever, ever taught in Montpellier. And I don't think I said a single word in the entire hour. I was just sweating (laughs) and very, very red. And I didn't say anything. And I was very, very scared. And then I also remember when I went to Finland for a few months to to do a residency. I was just doing it because it was a last minute thing. And I think it was six months. And I was scared every day. And then the first time I had to teach a private, I cried for a good hour before because I just didn't know why people wanted to learn from me. So it was very, very scary.
0: Wow. So what kind of helped you get more confidence in that sense? I mean, I guess when you're first starting out, it's it takes a while to develop that confidence and know that you have something to say and yeah. what you have to say is worth it yeah what helped you develop more courage in that sort of sense to go okay i don't need to cry (laughs) i can do this
1: i think it's just the habit of doing it like i think it's still scary yeah but if you do it every weekend it becomes the norm
0: right just repetition and practice and keep doing it so like
1: i don't have as much practice as going into jams yeah so i get very scared and i don't do it but if i was to do it every weekend then maybe i wouldn't be scared about it Mm. so I think it's just the habit of doing it makes it okay and also if I teach like let's say 10 workshops if I have two bad classes Mm -hmm. then it doesn't mean that much but if I teach one workshop a year and I have two bad classes then it becomes more important yes so I think the fact that I do it more often makes it makes each workshop less important emotionally Right. You know, it's like I always get another chance to do a better job.
0: Each improves on the last one. Or like it's or a like new chance. It. Yeah, chance. Yeah. In that same sense, like talking about failure, where if something doesn't work out, it can be a great learning experience. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're in it, it feels like shit. Have you had moments where you felt failure? And how did you get back up from those moments? whether be it from a teaching context or maybe you know anything that perhaps you can recall has was quite a strong moment
1: i think i'm never quite satisfied so in that sense a lot of it feels like failure or like feels like it's not good enough mm-hmm. but it's just with experience i've i've noticed that when i look back on it progress has been made so mm. even if I don't feel happy in the moment, I know that things will get better over time yes. just because it has. So there is no reason for it to stop if I keep on working on things.
0: Right. So it's kind of like although you're never fully satisfied with what you've done in that present mm-hmm. moment, you do have an awareness that you have come so much further than where you were, say, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're just getting better and better anyway.
1: Even if it's a bad day, Mm -hmm. overall, if I keep working and if I keep trying to be better, then I will get better. So it's just because I think I am very bad at judging myself. Mm -hmm. So I can't take my perspective too seriously. And for failure, I mean, I've had a lot of failed partnerships. And I think those felt like big, big failures. Mm
0: -hmm how did you kind of process and sort of get back up from that because it's, i guess it's not so much sometimes failing at something but yeah. more how it feels emotionally that of something yeah. not working out so it's not like the you know the action itself yeah but uh, i think the it, emotion
1: yeah it's, it's uh, i think it's the same thing of like of the pattern like the first time i thought all right that's it like I will never find a partner, and then you find another partner, and you work, and then things don't turn out okay, and you're like, all right, maybe the next one I won't be dating him, because I've had like two track records of it not working, so I'll be smarter the next time. So next time, the partner that I don't date, and then something else happens, and at this point, I'm like, all right, well, I've already survived like two lost partnerships, so maybe I can make a new one happen, maybe not, but... Mm -hmm. I'm unhappy anyway, so I got to move on. So you move on and then you just you just see. And now looking back, I'm like, all right. It has worked out every time. So odds are that it will work out
0: again. And in what way did it work out? Do you mean like as in each partnership, even though one failed? each one that you moved on to was getting better and better exactly it feels like
1: each time is getting better because you learn from the previous time
0: Mm.
1: so like yeah so it's it's just that stupid thing that people say that failure is not really failure it's just a learning experience Mm. but it's true like you learn what doesn't work out and then you move on like but it's easier to say it like that with uh how do, you, how do you say like, like
0: when you're looking at it from a distance. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. when I'm
1: in it, it feels like that's it. That's the end for me.
0: So do you like have something like a, a mindset or a mental process that you go through when you're really in it? No. Like, uh, I have a good husband and I have good <laughs> friends. So okay.
1: like, on, on that moment, it just I just cry a lot and I feel like it's the end and it's horrible. And then... I don't know cuz when I look back on it yeah. it seems to me like wow I'm so strong and courageous but I know it's not how I feel yeah. I know that every time I get scared and it feels like it's the end and I'm never happy and but when I look back I'm like wow I've come so far you know but in the moment it it doesn't feel like that it feels like I'm I'm lost and I don't know where I'm going and I just keep on
0: taking another chance is there any point that helps you flip and go I'm not so lost anymore.
1: I don't think there's a flip. I think it's no? very very gradual. It's like things are changing before you realize they mm. they've changed and it was the same like like in a bad way and a positive way. Like it's not like one day you wake up and you're like, "Oh, this relationship is not working. Yeah. Or oh, this partnership is not working." It's just yeah. it slowly like Is more tainted, Mm. and then there's just one day where you're strong enough to do something about it. Mm. I think it it's like that both ways.
0: Where do you think that strength comes from? Like for you, like
1: survival instinct. (laughs) I think it's just when you decide to put yourself first. Mm. You know, because we have a lot of mental blocks, and but then when you decide, all right, what what do I want? What is healthier for me? What like what standards do I hold my friends to, like just like the simple things, then it's easier to make the decision or if you should, like take out the the mess around it
0: come back to the basics of what you want yeah or you feel like you should have
1: It seems yeah. easy, but it's hard, hard. to do yes, yes. but like that moment when yes. it's clear and you just you go with that, like I remember the day I decided or I said out loud that I wanted to be a dancer. I remember that day very mm-hmm. clearly. I have photographic memories of those moments because, mm-hmm. I don't know, because they're strong moments, but yeah. it, it's not like a flip. It's been no. like leading up to it, and then one day I'm ready to, to face
0: it. Yes. So a couple of years ago, you asked me about this notion of being a good artist versus being a good Teacher, mm-hmm. and this topic really <laughs> intrigues me still. I don't know why I'm obsessed with this question. But it keeps... <laughs> it's like you're like, Oh my god, no, gritty, let it no, go. No, I, still, I still think about that. I still yeah. think about that because that was just kind of like a very offhand conversation, but now we have a chance to go more into it. What are your thoughts on being a good artist versus being a good teacher? Uh,
1: I think originally the question was like, would you rather be a good artist or a good teacher? Oh, yes, that's right. A good dancer or a good teacher? I think that was the original question. Question.
0: Like, I was asking you to choose. Yes. But that was the original question, but I think out of that, we were also talking about what it means to be a good artist and what a good teacher. It's
1: not that I, I don't care about being a good teacher, but if I had to choose, I would rather be a good dancer, because, like, if I'm a good dancer then my dancing can speak for itself. Because a lot of people learn by just like, watching and copying. Yeah. And I think you, you don't have to explain a lot. Like A good way for me, I think, to teach mm-hmm. is just to show a lot. Mm. So if you dance well and you can show what you do, mm. then people will, will learn from it. And I think it's so easy to teach bullshit as well. Over all the years, you know, it changes. So, like, what I find relevant one day, maybe two years later, is not so relevant anymore. And I think things are have changed and are more refined. And now I'm less likely to change my opinion about what I think is important. I think you can lose yourself easily as a teacher if you make the teaching concept too big of a thing. I think you gotta let the dancing be the priority. It's a dance, so if you're not doing the dancing part, yeah, you're not doing it you may be teaching it really well or explaining a technique really well but if you're not dancing it Mm. you're like not doing it yes so i'd rather be a good dancer than a good teacher but i would love hopefully i can be both
0: i guess if i have got this right what you're saying is that because being a good dancer exploring the dancing side of things a lot more keeps reinforming your teaching and you can show that rather than putting emphasis strongly on just communicating and not showing it is that what you mean yeah yeah
1: Yeah. also like i think like sometimes when you think too hard about like teaching i think you you lose a, a bit of the magic or you make it too cookie cutter right and if you think more about the dancing and you focus on how you can be a a better dancer then you find out if you observe then you found out along the way what are like the important moment to make this happen but it comes from wanting to feel the movement right and do it right rather than wanting to have a theory that can sell because i think yes. like yes. a few teachers get caught into like having a, a theory or a brand And I think it gets in the way of the dance. Like, I don't know if I'm... Yeah, you know, that makes makes sense. sense.
0: It's kind of like you have to keep expanding your dance to expand your teaching as well.
1: Exactly. Right? I I do think on some level, like, what can I do to help them? Mm. But for me, it's more, I guess, a selfish approach of, oh, what do I like to do at the moment? What is inspiring? And then if I share that, then people can learn. Whereas if I think, oh, they need to work on this then it's uh, it's not as fun like it's not science it's still art so like yeah. do you think there's a difference
0: between being a good artist versus being a good teacher like or, or you're saying they're kind of interrelated really by being a good artist your your idea of being a good teacher is that you're sharing what excites you
1: yeah like yeah? i think there's one element one extra element like if you're a good Artist, yeah, but you're a shitty person. I don't think you can be a good teacher because you have to be willing to share and you have to care for others, a little bit at least, you know. Yes. So, like, if you're a good artist, and you're a good dancer, and you care a little bit about people having a good time and learning something, I think you're a good teacher. But if you just care about being a good teacher, then it doesn't mean you're a good dancer. So gotcha you have to care for the dance I think to do that thing and that's where I think I get a a bit frustrated with people wanting to be teachers because they want to be teachers I don't know why I think so they could travel and be recognized as a teacher Mm -hmm. but I don't know if all of them actually love the dance or the music so going back on like the plan, you know, the life mm-hmm. plan, when was that moment? Like, there was a moment where I I realized I wanted to do dancing, mm-hmm. but it was not like, ooh, I want to be a traveling instructor. It was never yes. that. It was more like, oh, I wish I could just be dancing every day. And then I just, I'm lucky I get to teach it, but it's, uh, it was not my life goal to be a teacher.
0: No. Just going back to that, actually, mm-hmm. when you <laughs> realize that you wanted to do more dancing, uh-huh. was there... Any fear or um, any nervousness? Just yeah. knowing you want to do it, but then actually taking that step yeah. and doing it is another another thing. Yeah, it yeah, takes, yeah. takes something else out of you to kind of for go sure. for it.
1: Well, again, I had nothing to lose. There was no okay. job. It was the crisis, and I was scared as shit. Like My last day of work in the architecture office, my back was entirely locked, and I couldn't move my head. And I thought, oh, it's because I've been moving things. But it's not that. I was just, like, freaking out. I was locked up by that choice I had made, you know? But uh, every choice is just, like, I could have gone back to architecture if mm-hmm. it didn't work out. But I, still, I was terrified. But at the same time, there was not a lot of jobs for me in architecture. And there seemed to be more more jobs in the dancing, mm-hmm. and I liked it better anyways. Yeah, I think the, the setting made it okay for me to admit it to myself that I wanted to do dancing. But if the setting hadn't been like that, maybe I would still be doing architecture and watching YouTube videos every day.
0: Because (laughs) it would be too comfortable, right? Like, if you're already comfortable, then there's not that tension to make that choice. But because there was nothing else that was happening that was good like in that yeah. sense, yeah. then it's like, like you said, nothing
1: to lose, you know, might as well give this a try. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's funny because yeah. it's like it's not like gorgeous, like I'm dropping this thing no, that I'm know, really yeah, comfortable. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. like, well, there's not a lot of work. I seem to have options with dancing. Yeah. I have six months of unemployment ahead of me, you know, with like uh, government funds. Mm-hmm. So I can give it a try for six months and then see what happens. happens.
0: Yeah. Well, that was like the same with Curiously Creative as well. It started with illustrations. People were like, what inspires you to start illustrating? And it was like, unemployment. Yeah. It <laughs> was like, my first blog was pretty much about like how I had nothing better to do. I was too broke. So I was like, okay, I might as well draw. And then I ended up having a few. And my husband was like, okay, well, you have a few now. You're still unemployed. How about you try to sell them? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: My plan A, though, that, that's the thing is like it sounds like a plan B, but originally I wanted to be a dancer, dancer. and I've yeah. always wanted to Actually, be a dancer, yeah. Yeah. but then like it was not as accepted by my family mm-hmm. and by society, so I went to plan B. Yes,
0: and that's a really common story, I think, pretty much across the board. And one of the reasons why I like to do these conversations mm-hmm. was because I wanted to be more of an artist ever since I was young, like mm-hmm. I was a very shy kid, and all I wanted to do is just go away I'd either do dancing or just painting or craft or something but then we had to go and get a real job yeah, because that was not what you did yeah. and it's funny how it comes back full circle when you go around avoid it and only to come back to what you always knew you wanted to do anyway I don't think I've talked to many artists who are like oh yeah I was wanted to be an artist since I was young, and I stayed an artist. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, because
1: it's hard, it's scary, and the, the family like is worried. Like, yeah, it just it comes back to you, or like you come back to it. It's not something you can really control if you're passionate.
0: Yes, I think the definition of art has changed a little bit as well because back in maybe i don't know back in the day <laughs> so if you're an artist you're a bum or like you can't make a living yeah. but it's not that anymore it's in social media and having the capacity to start your own business mm-hmm. is so much easier mm-hmm. these days you can do so much more as an artist now
1: but at the same time that's what kills it too sometimes it's because true. people are like oh this is a job career it sounds easy, but it's it's not that easy. Like, I've no. had to do a lot of yeah. underpaid, shitty jobs, poorly traveling, a lot of, like, sacrifices to get there. But at the same, it felt normal. Like, I didn't mm. expect anything else, you know. And then eventually things get better and better. But I think people are like, oh, I want to have that job. But it's not how it, it works. Like, you still
0: have to do the background work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you just do the surface level. It is so much, I think, that that you don't see of successful artists doing in the background. It's not just that they did one painting, you know, or a couple of paintings, They put it up in one gallery, and then they became famous. You know, you don't see how they've spent years and years developing the way their technique, the practice that they've put in. Exactly, and then it sets the precedent that you're either born an artist or you're not. You know, it's like, but there's also that. No, you're not. It's like you're not born with a gift. Like everything, you've developed it. It's a skill. Exactly, like for example, our classic
1: was Remy this year. I don't know, we created maybe in four or five hours. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a lot, but it comes after like years of practicing the technique, practicing the listening to the music, practicing partnering with someone. Yeah, it doesn't happen in one day.
0: No. It just becomes
1: easier with time.
0: Yeah, because you've got more experience. Mm -mm. In terms of approaching your own work, whether it be teaching or performing or choreography, Do you have any tools or practices or mindsets even that you feel help you be more creative with your work?
1: Just setting up time to create. I think you just have to make time for it. Like It's Mm -hmm. hard to know if something's going to come out or not going to come out, but nothing's going to come out if you don't set up a time for that. You just got to get your ass to the studio and then just practice anything. Just do anything and something will come out. It could be really anything, like trying to find class material, or then just working on the movement, trying it to different songs, or like taking a basic movement and trying to add a spin to it or change the rhythm. Like mm. anything will come out if you just set some time and just make a start. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you go to practice. Mm-hmm. And you spend two hours and nothing really good comes out. Or yeah. like maybe one thing out of two hours and it's frustrating. And and then sometimes you go and you spend the same two hours and then it all comes out. But you just have to put time in it.
0: And show up.
1: Yeah, you yeah. just have to show up. Like yeah. I think that's the only thing you have to do. You have to show up and you have to have I think a taste. You have to know what you like. Because if you don't know what you like, then you don't know where to go. But if you... If you have just a taste, because if it's in rhythm, it's right. And then, like whether it's ugly or not, it's very subjective. Mm. Or whether it's good or not, as long as it's on time, it's good. So you just go, you do something, yeah, and and that's it.
0: So in terms of developing your own your own taste, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that perhaps is one of those areas that you don't know how to develop your own taste. So like, oh, it's something that takes. Time, mm-hmm. a lot of experimentation to figure yeah. out what is it that actually sticks with you. Yeah. What is your advice on kind of figuring that out for people who are perhaps still doing that?
1: For me, it's just it's a matter of time, but also a thing that my friend Marie Noel said that she's a an illustration artist mm-hmm. said that I think has stuck with me and helps me a lot. Is she said if you're not satisfied with something. It just means you haven't explored enough with it yet. And I really like that idea because I'm really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. And I used to be very discouraged if I would put time on something and then not like it. But now that it's such a simple idea and it came from like trying to draw things. Mm -hmm. But now that I can apply it to dancing, I know that if I start something and I don't quite like it, I just have to keep trying to do something with it. And then eventually there will be a version that I like. Mm you keep on doing it until you're satisfied. And maybe the satisfied me of five years ago is not the same as the satisfied me of today, but you just gotta put in the time, try to do something until you're satisfied, and you keep doing that, and then you develop
0: your taste over time. I think there's something similar, right? I think it might be Alan Watts or someone. He kind of said the same thing where, when you first start out, you have an expectation and a taste and a vision And it's very disappointing when you make or create something that it doesn't work out to how you imagine it. You put all the sticks together and you expect it to look like this, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't when you're finished. It's because your skills haven't quite caught up to your vision, Mm -hmm. but you just have to keep trying because then one day that gap slowly keeps closing and then what you want to achieve becomes aligned with how you want to achieve it or like your ability to actually execute it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Yeah, and also like thinking of the satisfied thing, again, it's hard for me to be like satisfied with things. Mm-hmm. So I try a couple of things and then it's like, what do I like the most out of the things that I've done? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I certainly like it.
0: But like by satisfied, there's not being satisfied because you know that you wanted or could do better.
1: I know I could right? do better. Yeah. yeah,
0: but there's also not feeling disappointed, right? Is there a difference, like, because it's disappointed and then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, this is not as good as I wanted to, but next time.
1: I think if the process is fun, Mm -hmm. that makes it easier. I think it's hard to judge yourself. Mm -hmm. I try to not do that so much because there are stuff that I've done that at times I've liked and then I look back on it three months later and I don't like it anymore or vice versa. Or even just like thinking on ILHC. I look at some of my things and I'm like, oh, I'm okay with that and some I'm not okay with it and Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with the placement, necessarily. And then maybe in three months when I look at it, it has has changed again. So if the process was fun and I had a good time doing it, then it's more important than the result because the result is never an end result. As long as I keep trying things will get better so I don't have to be too stuck up on like what I've made that day because Mm. I'll make more and over time the level gets better yeah that's
0: a nice way to put it what about when just making a start on something you get there's a lot of resistance especially when something is really important or you know you really need to do it the more important it is sometimes the more resistance you feel Uh have you had moments like that where you just struggle to make a start at something whether it was dance or not and mm. how did you kind of go
1: over the tip i think it's it's true but i know that i'm very anxious so it's more stressful to not do anything about it than to right. do it. it it's more that i i can't handle not doing anything about it mm. dancing solo and creating slow stuff are the scariest for mm-hmm. me but, and sometimes i push it a little bit mm-hmm. back because i'm scared but the more I push it back, the, the more scared I am. So it doesn't help me. And I just know that. So at some point, I just got to start. It's just knowing that it will be better if I start today because then I have more time to yeah. figure it out.
0: Actually, like what you said something, and I put noted it down from yesterday's <laughs> class in my phone. It's like, although you talked about it more from the dance set, I thought like, it was so profound. <laughs> but you said something like, when you don't have rhythm, uh-huh. it's harder to have flow. Uh-huh. And I think like you can apply that in lots of context Like sometimes you need to get into the rhythm of something And just get into it And oh. then figure out the flow Yeah. yeah sometimes yeah. you like struggle to get the flow But you have to start it, right? To yeah, get the flow yeah, yeah. You can't get the flow without actually being in it
1: Yeah, if you start it and then you keep it going Then if you have regular rhythm Then you have flow in life Yeah, I just meant it from dancing But I like how you saw it that's not what I
0: meant, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it applies. But, but it still works both ways. Yeah. Um what do you do when you're stuck for inspiration or motivation? I know you said mm. you just show up and just keep doing something mm-hmm. and see what happens from there, but have you had moments where you're like, "Oh my god, I don't even know what I want to achieve or yeah. I'm not feeling excited or inspired, like especially when you do lots of performances like in the competition, like mm-hmm. trying to do something, I don't know, new or... Mm something that feels refreshing for you yeah well sometimes it doesn't
1: <laughs> yeah. sometimes i mean sometimes you're just like oh i keep doing those same three variations oh <laughs> uh but you can change the music yeah that's refreshing you can dance with different people mm-hmm. that's refreshing you can try to learn like something that's not from you yeah and then, like, I like to do that. I like to take classes. I think that's the most inspiring thing for me. Because I kind of force my body to take roads it would not have taken on its own. And then from there, I'm inspired to try something new.
0: Because
1: mm. I think I tend to do the same shit because that's the way I move. But if I try other people's stuff, then it's, it's inspiring. It just it opens new doors. I don't think you can really get too stuck, though. I mean, you can, mm. but... If you just take any move and you try a new rhythm to it, or you have a rhythm and you try to put in a bunch of different moves, or if you don't have any rhythm, you listen to a song and you find a moment you like, or are like, oh, I like that rhythm. Maybe I can try to put that rhythm somewhere. I think being bored is a mental state. And like being inspired, everything can be inspiring if you just let it be inspiring. I can be inspired by, even by not great dancers. You just gotta, I think be a little bit positive and see the beauty in in stuff and then then you're like oh i like that why did i like that and then you try to recreate that that thing you liked beautiful,
0: <laughs> profound. beautiful. So, so profound so profound um <laughs> okay so i read in an interview where you said that in competitions mm-hmm. placements are not a reflection of you but sometimes more a reflection of the judges. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is something that's quite important to remember because navigating comparison in a competition scenario is really really rough and tricky sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially when you don't do well. It can feel real stink and impact your confidence because you put so much work into it, and of course everyone wants something good to come out of it, you know? Can you share your thoughts and elaborate on the navigating comparison in competition but also like detaching from the outcome to the point that realizing that maybe sometimes it's not about you or your dancing.
1: When you talk about that I think about ILHC and I think the solo competition and so we did the prelims and they picked five people and then when the prelims were done like I realized oh I'm not picked and then I looked around. And there were so many dancers that I love, people that are killers, Mm -hmm. you know. I looked around, I'm like, oh, it's good. Like, I can't take it too personally, you know, because they're all like rock. But then at the same time, I spent my evening like crying and dealing with that feeling of rejection. And even though I could mentally understand it, I was like, yeah, well, that makes sense. There are so many great people. It's normal that they can pick anyone, and I can't take it personally because the people that got rejected, I really love. Mm. But at the same time, I couldn't help but to compare myself to the people, to the other people that made it. And I was thinking, oh, I don't have this, and I don't have that. And it's not helping in a way because we are we are all very unique. I think it's it's hard because like mentally I understand it, but emotionally... I still felt rejected but I think it's it's a good thing to deal with those things mm. a lot of us were hurt but at the same time it's a competition so that's how it is mm. you know you you could be chosen or you could be rejected but it doesn't change your dancing like I was not a worse dancer that day no you know then, then I'm, I was the same the same shitty dancer or the same good dancer mm. it's just the people around me were better or more impressive or like it doesn't change my capability. Yes. It's just a moment. Yeah,
0: that one event or like one moment doesn't really define, shouldn't define that for you. It, but when it's a competition, it already sets up this mental space that you want something out of it. And competitions yeah.
1: are tricky for that because I think they're, they're good for the dance in mm. general because if you're too comfortable, you don't do anything. So being in that space of discomfort, like where you have to push yourself, mm. makes you improve. So I think just doing a competition is good because you push yourself. Yes. But then you have to also, for me, I try to rationalize it and be like, all right, if I didn't do good, I still did what I do. And maybe it was not appreciated or maybe it wasn't fair or Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, like, but it doesn't change what I do. It's just hard Mm -hmm. to deal with the feeling of rejection but I think it's very healthy at the same time to deal with those feelings. And
0: kind of learn how to process that better each time. Because, yeah. that again, like you said, it's like to not take it personally. I found out about this thing called um, how we all have it. It's called mm-hmm. a negativity bias. Mm-hmm. That even if you had many things that were going positive, you are naturally kind of sometimes wired yeah. to look at what didn't yeah. work yeah. rather than what worked. Like
1: It's true. Like it's yeah. It's such a personal approach and also the hard thing about competing is you compare yourself to other people and at the same time the beauty of this dance is that we express differences that's the best thing about this dance it's like it's a rhythmical dance it's not a shape dance or like a codified dance Mm. so if I compare myself to others by saying oh I don't have this I don't have that then it's like I try to be maybe the same as they are, but I should just be me. Mm. It's such, like, mixed Mm. feelings. It's hard to express, you know, like... I try to think about my strengths sometimes. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, maybe I can think about what do I have, you know. I mean, putting your dancing out there in front of people to judge it is not changing your dancing. Yeah. So that's the good thing about it. It just, it shows you how it's appreciated by those specific people. Mm. It's just that.
0: Mm. If you do want to grow in one area mm-hmm. sometimes, you have to let go of something somewhere else, you know? Have you had, had to park something or let go of something for in one area, work on somewhere else, but doing that was a little bit of a tough I, decision? I've never thought about it like that. No. No,
1: like at least in my dancing, it, yeah. I just thought about improving my weakness, but I didn't think about the fact that I was maybe letting go of other things I don't mean like if I think about for example my dancing I know that since I partnered with Remy I've I've realized okay I could improve my rhythm and my performance because he's so good at that that I realized okay I could up my strength there Mm. and so I've been working more on rhythm and and trying to perform Mm. a little bit better I haven't been working on maybe my technical skills but they were already there so I didn't feel like I lost anything mm-hmm. it just feels like I've improved
0: so not looking at it like one versus the other is it, making it more well rounded so yeah. it's looking at the bigger picture you know, you, just because you're letting go for some, of something for a little bit doesn't mean it's, you're going to lose it forever it, ex- or like exactly. you're going to get worse at it
1: like yeah. I wish I could be better at tap and African dancing but I also like to sleep <laughs> so like you can't you can't do it all. I really like to sleep. If I was if I only needed like six hours of sleep a night I'd be a better dancer.
0: <laughs> but I like to sleep. <laughs> so I wanna talk about staying in love with your passion and what you do as a job. Mm-hmm. When you make something you love your job, it can be really hard to keep reminding yourself of why you love or why you got into it. What helps you stay connected and remind yourself of why you love what you do? I think
1: good people.
0: Mm.
1: I think the few times where I've been kind of burnt out, it was because I was not around the good people. So that's one thing. The other thing, I think dancing is like a, a body high mm-hmm. for me. It's something that feels good moving feels good and moving with someone feels very good so for me social dancing is keeping me in love with the dance it feels so good like i swear every weekend i teach and i dance there's always a moment where i'm like oh my god dancing is so good isn't it and it's weird because it's like i've it's like i'm tasting it for the first time again but it just feels so good i just love the way it feels being free with it It's just the feeling of moving to Mm. music or moving to music with someone, it just feels good in my
0: body. Mm. Like, and that's it. And being around the right people. Yeah, because if
1: you feel, if you're not in a good space in your head, then I think you get all the fears that uh, overcast the the good feelings. So, Mm. like, maybe you'd be dancing and be thinking, oh do I look weird? Do I smell bad? Like, I don't know, like just like weird things. But if you're around the good people where you feel safe, then when you're dancing, you can just be and you are truly in the moment and you don't think about how you're perceived. It's like being naked and being comfortable with it, you know, but you have to be around the right people Mm -hmm. to feel that.
0: So what has helped you develop more courage and confidence in your journey and work so far?
1: just the fact that every time I do it it's okay knowing that it's most likely going to be okay because every weekend turns out to be okay Okay. being able to tell that to myself is going to be okay and also people I think if I see myself through other people's eyes then it's easier to be confident Mm. because they believe in me so I should believe in myself
0: yeah what are the most important lessons that your journey has taught you so far
1: Oh, wow, that's a big one. For me, it's about the people, the people around you, how you interact with the people, about trying to be a better version of yourself. I know it sounds cliche, but like just knowing that tomorrow there's another chance to do better. Mm-hmm. I don't do good every every day.
0: No one does.
1: But <laughs> like, just knowing yeah. I can do better, I can express myself better, I can be nicer... I can do that step better. It's just knowing that tomorrow there's another chance. It's the same thing about the dance, but it's the same thing about life, knowing that
0: you can always do better. Exactly.
1: Tomorrow is another day, and there's another chance. There is nothing set in stone. If I keep working on myself, I'll be a better person. If I keep working on my dancing, I'll be a better dancer. But it's just knowing that it's all in my control even the emotions, because I used to like be very controlled by my emotions, but knowing that even those, even if I feel them, Mm -hmm. I can decide to look at them a certain way or I can face them and and deal with them or I can like train myself to look at the other things. Mm -hmm. It's just knowing that, that I'm in control and I don't always feel like that, but even the days where I fail, tomorrow, maybe I can do better. So I think, yeah. That's life lesson. You can always pick better. So, uh, last thing is
0: finishing off mm-hmm. with a quote, mm-hmm. and which I'll get your thoughts on. What do mm-hmm. you think? It's a quote by Martha Graham.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: where she says that there is a vitality, a life force, mm-hmm. an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action, mm-hmm. and because there is only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique.
1: Oh, man, you give me (laughs) goosebumps. You couldn't have picked a better quote. That thing is really, really, really powerful.
0: How do you interpret that?
1: There is only one me, and it would be a pity to try to not be that because there is only one of that, and that's me. Like, comparing myself to others, okay, like, it's not really helpful because, in a way, I can never be them because I'm not them, I'm me. And the sooner I deal with... I am the more I can just be a better version of of that owning the fact that that's who I am but also uh, being honest with how much I can influence who I am like it's not that oh well I'm just grumpy and that's how it is you can choose to be a better version of yourself but the way you're wired is unique and so the, the choice I will make on the music no one probably will make the exact same. You know, it's like sometimes I look at videos of myself and even before I do something, I'm like, oh, I would do this. And then I'm like, oh, I just did this. It's just you, like what you choose to wear yeah. is you. It's it's about being you more than anything. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta let that happen. And it's through learning what other people are doing. You experience what other people are doing and then you your taste through other people's, Thing and you develop your own taste. It's a perfect quote. I love Yay. this quote. You did good. And um, you picked this one for me.
0: I must have been feeling it.
1: Wow, it's spiritual. Seriously, it. this is like. This is
0: one of my favorite quotes, too. But like, I collect a lot of quotes. I love quotes. I've got like a massive stash, and um, I went through a few, and I was like, this one.
1: This is the. Like, I love it. Also, it helps me not judge myself too harshly i i think it was part of a bigger text where it also talked about the fact that we're probably the worst person at at judging ourselves Mm. so we can't let that guide us we just have to express ourselves
0: it's not your job to judge yourself your job is to just create
1: exactly because you have no it was part of it because you have no control over how what you create is perceived. Right. Yeah. So there is no point for you to try to control that. You can just do what you do. And then that's why, like, in the competitions, what you do is going to be perceived good or bad, but mm-hmm. it doesn't change what you created. So you just, you do it because it's healthy to push yourself, but then you just got to kind of piss over the results. Like, it's yes. not relevant, really. Such a perfect
0: quote. You did good. You did, you did very you did good. good.
1: Oh,
0: that quote is the best. <laughs> and Thank we're you. done. We did
1: the interview. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Man, that quote. Shit. Seriously.
0: So that's it for this episode of Curiously Creative. We hope it has sparked a little or a lot of creativity and curiosity in you. Curiously Creative is a production by Curiously Creative. Who would have thought? So if you'd like to know our comings and goings and check out some more inspiring content, head on over to curiouslycreative.co.nz. Until the next episode, with lots of love and a massive splash of joy, Akriti, your creative curiosity advocate. Oh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment on iTunes as it helps more people find these conversations.